The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uri here, and we are glad to bring you another episode midweek. And I think Uri, you got something to tell the listeners before we get started, right? Yeah, I got duped on social media, guys. I, I'm such a fan, I follow all these groups on Facebook and there was this one person who was posting pictures of these really nice wood pieces, like artwork, and uh, showed a picture of him, and he created this Sixers like logo out of wood. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And he's obviously putting it out there that he would produce these, and he had different sizes. And long story short, reached out to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, what size do you want? And so I was like, oh, I'll get the smaller one. So I... He's like, I need 50% deposit. So I sent this complete stranger $20. And then I checked the next week to see, like, you know, where's my product you're going to send me? And he deleted his account. So if you're on any of the social uh, media sites for, or particularly on Facebook for the Sixers, do not uh, reach out to this guy who's trying to sell uh, artwork for the Sixers, particularly woodwork. Well, thank you, Uriah. Um, obviously, as a fandom, we don't appreciate people that are trying to scam us because we know we love our Sixers and having any type of Sixers memorabilia is important to us. So, I mean, I, I only lost 20 bucks. I, I feel bad for anyone that dished out. Let's say they put out 50 bucks or 100 bucks. So if you're mm-hmm. listening and you see this guy, I wish I could tell you his name. I don't remember, but just run from him. Don't even respond to him. And, and they look so real, guys. It's like a picture with him and his family. And it's like, I got duped. Report him. Report him, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't because he deleted his account. Well, I would tell the other the people that are listening to report him. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, but let's get a, go ahead and get into some Sixers talk. Chris, go ahead and take us away, bud. Yeah, so we are going to start off with some talk about the NBA schedule, which was released last week, I believe. The Sixers have 27 nationally televised games that's 27 opportunities to see paul reed in front of a national audience (laughs) um so what we're gonna do lucas is we're gonna pick three games on national tv each that intrigue us um we'll just go back and forth i'll let you go first what's your first game so mine is going to have to be the home opener against the brooklyn nets on espn obviously the Sixers will be at Full, hopefully full strength healthy health wise and hopefully the nets will too it's going to be a good gauge to see where the sixers are with their current roster this is working under the assumption that ben simmons starts out the season with the sixers i i just it'd be interesting to see how well you know the sixers do against the nets and how well the nets can guard joel and b because let's be real 
uh, Dayron uh, Sharp is not going to be able to contain him. DeAndre Jordan is one foot in retirement. And then uh, Blake Griffin's too small and Claxton's too skinny. So we'll see what happens there. But then, of course, you know, the Sixers perimeter defense is pretty good, but is it good enough to slow down the likes of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's a good pick. My first game is going to be the um, Milwaukee Bucks, who will be visiting Philadelphia on November 9th. That is a TNT game. Obviously, Milwaukee won the NBA championship. They're a team that Philly is chasing right now, and they are trying to get on that level. Um, Giannis and Joel have had some pretty fun battles in the past. Um, if, if any two teams are built, I don't know, well built to fight each other. It's it's Milwaukee and Philly. Those rosters mirror, mirror themselves in a lot of ways. And even if Ben is gone by that point, which I don't know how likely it is, it feels like it should be more likely than it probably is. For sure, for sure. So I'm going to jump ahead in the schedule a little bit. In my next game is going to be on January 27th after the new year. It's going to be the home game against the Los Angeles Lakers on TNT. Russell Westbrook is making his return to Philadelphia after the whole entire popcorn incident. That has big implications, of course. It's always a battle with Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis, the one that Joel usually wins, so that's fun for Sixers fans. It's going to be interesting to see how LeBron James looks uh, heading into, what is it, his 18th or 19th season now? It's been a long time for LeBron. I believe it's going to be his 18th. Yeah, I mean, look, I kind of gave you some flack for picking the Lakers before the pod, but... I guess they're a pretty good team. Um, I don't think they're going to win the West. I think Utah's going to win the West, but you, that's another. I I, another I can't part. trust Utah until they actually do it because, like, we say that every year. We say Utah's always a contender and always going to win the West every year, but they don't because well, Donovan I mean, Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell doesn't have enough around him. Well, he's not even the best player on his team. Um, oh, hot take! Not even a hot take. Um, I I think so. Uriah, your thoughts? Uh, who's Chris Think? Joe Ingles or somebody? Nah, no, I think he's going to – he thinks it's Rudy. No way. No, he's a stiff. Yeah, he's the he's defensive player of the year, but you got to – I don't know. No, ben, ben, board, S- Simmons is my defensive player of the year. Anyway. Um, well, we know that. I'm just saying yeah. you got to you gotta put points up. Yeah. And you can't, it's you not can't like get. He doesn't score. It's like six. Uh, but he got played off the floor in the playoffs against the Clippers. He did not get played off the floor. He should have been played off the floor. All right. Uh, my next game, we're gonna take it back to December, December third. The Sixers will be hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Obvious connection between these two teams would be that second round. Uh, we will see if Ben Simmons is around to maybe redeem himself. Uh, uh, that would be quite the interesting fan experience, I'm sure. But I'm not, I'm not uh, counting on it. Either way, I'm sure Joel will have, you know, a chip on his shoulder in that game and probably want to make a statement, as will most players on the Sixers roster. Uh, Atlanta remains probably the deepest team in the NBA. They have like 13 rotation level players. It's a bit absurd. Attention Sixers fans across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a grooming problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff 
with a brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Thanks to the Manscaped trimmer, your astronaut helmets will be nice and smooth, and they'll feel like they're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job. With the fourth generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade, you'll reduce grooming accidents due to their advanced skin safe technology. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Again, that's manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. And now, back to the podcast. So, two very good teams, two teams that will probably be competing for home court advantage in the East this year, and a, a pretty notable matchup for obvious reasons. Hey, Chris, I would love to see not only MB dunk on John Collins to get revenge, but how cool would it be, Lucas, if you know how Shaq is always talking about barbecue chicken? Mm-hmm. What if Joel got a <clears throat> t shirt with John Collins' face on it, and that said barbecue chicken. No, no, no. See, it would it would be better if he actually got a t-shirt with lepe- lemon pepper wings on it. No. With Lou Will. Yes. <laughs> he, yes. He is still with Atlanta. Collins, yeah, he's, Collins, he's still on Atlanta, yes. John Collins is the guy who dunked on him, and the Hawks beat them. So I don't know if Joel has that much room to uh, to make it. Well, joke, maybe he's but... sending a message when he's walking into the arena, like, I'm I coming guess. for you. Remember that one game where he was eating? What was he eating on the he trainer's burger? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could, yeah, yeah, I could see yeah. that. Hat. I could see something like that similar. Um, but yeah, Chris, that's a really good game. Obviously, you know, for Simmons, for Embiid, for the Sixers as a whole, you know, it'd be good for Doc Rivers to get a revenge win in that regard because you know, obviously, Nate McMillan outcoached him in that series. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's a that's a really good point there. And for my last game here, I got the Denver Nuggets coming to Philly on March 14th, and that's going to be an ESPN game. Obviously, Joel and Nikola Jokic were the two <clears throat> two MVP finalists, with Jokic obviously getting the award last season. So there's the battle of the two best big men in the NBA. And then you, you also have to consider this, that um, there's a good chance – or at least there's a chance. I'm not going to say there's good, but it would be a, roughly about a year since Murray tore his ACL at that point from last year to that to that point. So there's a chance he could be back. I don't know if he'd be 100%. One can only hope, but probably not. It usually takes a season, a season and a half to come back from an ACL tear at full strength for most players. You know, everybody, there's an exception, but, you know, still, um, I will say this. I think if Murray comes back 100% or comes back to player that he was starting to play like before the injury. Denver's going to win the West. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say so, yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. I, I, I might adopt that take at some point. Because honestly, like if Murray comes back to playing the way that he was, you still have Michael Porter Jr., you still have Aaron Gordon. You brought in Jeff Teague to replace Paul Millsap, which is an upgrade. And they still have Monte Morris. I think Austin Rivers came back, and he was a good addition for them, the way that they play. I like that team. I do. And you still got Will Barton. You know, assuming that team gets healthy and Murray comes back healthy, that's that's a team that could win the West, in my opinion. My my last game is going to be the Warriors on December 11th. I Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Clay is going to be back for that game. 
but yeah, that's a new. He's coming back on Christmas Day, I mm-hmm. think. But even so, I I tend to really enjoy watching Steph Curry. I think he's pretty good at basketball, and uh, you know the Warriors might have Ben Simmons on their team by that. Yep, point, so. I was gonna say there's a chance that Ben Simmons plays that game regardless of whose jersey he wears. Yeah, I mean yeah. that could be the the uh, revenge game for all we know. But, but then that means we have Andrew Wiggins and a young player, yeah, probably Kamingo. The Andrew Wiggins revenge game. Um, oh, gosh. Please, no. Look, hey, that's a reunion for him and Joe. Right? You, oh, yeah, that's right. They did play at Kansas together, <laughs> didn't they? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's clear who's the better player now, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. But, but, yeah, look, the Warriors are a super cool team, even without Clay, but especially with Clay. Um, you know, I think Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody are both probably going to play a fair amount this year. We'll see if James Wiseman can bounce back from a pretty rocky rookie season. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's just a fun team to watch. So let, let's finish out this segment, Lucas, talking about where the Sixers rank relative to other teams as far as national TV games go. They have 27 again, as I mentioned, including NBA TV games. Mm-hmm. That puts them ninth in the NBA behind teams like Phoenix and New York. do you, Are you surprised by that? Do you agree with it? What, what's your thoughts there? Well, honestly, I'm not, and I hate to say that, but Ben Simmons is not the must-watch player that he used to be. He's kind of almost unwatchable to, sometimes now. And until that trade happens, it's it's not surprising. The Knicks are finally starting to look like a good team. So, you know, New York, you obviously want that income. And then the Suns, well, they just made an NBA Finals. And DeAndre Aiden got, you know, starting to look like a number one overall pick. And Chris Paul is still Chris Paul as far as we know. And they still have their core. I mean, minus, of course, Dario, you know, speedy recovery, of course. And we're tied for we're tied with the Clippers. I mean, yeah, that seems right. I mean, Clippers are missing one of their stars. Sixers really only have one star right now. I mean, as good as Ben Simmons is, he's not a superstar. So, and not until he at least gets better at his free throws. Just, yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I'm okay with it. I'm. I'm not thrilled, but I'm. I'm accepting of it based off where they are right now. I am kind of surprised. I mean, considering that Clay's not coming back until like. Christmas Day. I'm not. I'm kind of surprised the Warriors have the second most. I feel like that's a little much, but I mean, I mean, Steph Curry's one of the best shows on earth, so I get it. I guess. Yeah, it's it's money. Um, the war people watch Steph. Um, look, I mean, like I kind of noted when we talked about Christmas Day games a couple episodes ago, like like the Sixers haven't really earned anything. They made it to the second round a few times. That's all they've done. Um. Obviously, Joel is a great player, but the Knicks are in New York. They're inherently going to have a lot of games on national TV because they're the Knicks. That's just something we have to deal with as a society. Um, and the Suns, again, they're a better team, and they made it to the finals. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker are both very marketable, enjoyable stars to watch. And it, it is what it is. Um, obviously, the national TV schedule can f- form a lot of narratives for some some viewers who only watch those games but i mean at the end of the day it, it doesn't really matter as far as contending for a championship or you know the games that aren't on national tv count just as much <laughs> you know if you can afford it you can get league pass and watch whoever you want you can watch the hornets 
82 games a season. You can do what you choose. But That's probably going to be Chris's team right there, the Hornets. Yeah. Because, you know, Kai Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlotte and OKC are just in the queue also. Because of Poku, yeah. Of, of course. Um, but, yeah, that that's – I don't really care. But it, it is what it is. Yeah, for – I believe it's only like $17 a month to watch the one team on League Pass, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to advertise, obviously. I already Sorry, bought my uh, OKC subscription. All right, so did you buy two subscriptions, or did you just get like the team? The no, league? I get I get the whole league. Uh, yeah, I don't want to pay for the whole league. I'll just watch the Sixers and be happy with whatever te- nationally televised games come on. All right, so let's go ahead, Chris, and shift gears for a minute, and let's talk about, of course, he who shall not be named Ben Simmons. Apparently, according to Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer. Minnesota is still on the radar for Ben Simmons trade. Chris, do we think Minnesota has the players and the picks to get uh, get Simmons, or will a third team need to get involved? Well, I, I think there's a reason a third team is being mentioned in the report. Uh, it's because Minnesota <laughs> doesn't have the players. It's been reported that they, in the past, that they don't want to give up D'Angelo Russell. Even if they budge on that, I'm not super high on Russell, and I don't imagine that Daryl Morey would be either. I don't think he's Morey's kind of player, frankly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think you'd probably need a third team uh, to try to get some more win-now-ish pieces so the Sixers can still compete. That seems to be the general consensus from that report. Um, it does seem like Minnesota is pretty notable in that they seem to have pretty heavy interest in Ben, probably heavier interest than other teams like Golden State and San Antonio even. Um it seems like they really want him. So I, I do think it's notable that their name their name keeps popping up, but I, I do think it would probably take more than Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly and some picks. Yeah, I don't think they have enough to entice a third team to get what the Sixers want in return. The only way I see this trade happening is if they involve like there, I see like a straight up swap for like Anthony Edwards and Ben Simmons makes sense in my head, but I know the the Timberwolves aren't going to do it, and they don't have. I mean, Russell's value is lower than ever, probably after an injury riddled season where he came off the bench half the time, and then Malik Beasley he has his legal problems, so his value is lower. The honestly, the only probably one of the more attractive pieces is Jaden McDaniels. And I love Jaden McDaniels. He's a great young player, but he's not going to be enough. Not like not, not enough. And conspiracy theory time. Here's my conspiracy theory. I think Maury is putting Minnesota out there because, and this leads into our next question, uh, our next topic is because he and their GM, uh, uh, Euron Rosas, uh, have a relationship back from their, Houston days. I think he's using Minnesota as leverage for other teams, but I don't think that's going to work in my opinion anyway. So that's just my thoughts, but I mean, look, let me pitch you this second mm-hmm. unit of Paul mm-hmm. Reed, Jaden McDaniels, Josh Akogi, Matisse Thibel, and Jaden Springer. No one will ever score. No on one, uh, yeah, unit. yeah. I, well, on either team, second unit will simultaneously never never score. score. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. It'll be like a, yeah. That's my pitch. Um, yeah, no, that's not gonna work. But 
Yeah, look, Gerson Rosas obviously has a very close working relationship with Daryl. Um, so if they're, it's probably not hard for them to have a dialogue about this. I think Ben makes a lot of sense for Minnesota mm-hmm. as they try to take the next step. I think him, Edwards, and Cat gets you pretty close to the playoffs, if not in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Timberwolves need defense. Um, Jade McDaniels is pretty great on that end, but I don't think he's enough right now to make them a good defensive team. And I think Ben. Well, well I mean, let's look what they did this offseason. Let's, let's, okay, they got Patrick Beverly, can guard either guard position pretty uh, uh, well. Uh, yeah. They, they, then they got, then they have Josh Akogi coming off the bench. Pretty good defender. I think we can both agree there. And then you got Jaden McDaniels plus defender. And I mean, yeah. Nas, Nas Reed isn't terrible. All right. If, if three bench guys is not going to give you a good defense. I mean, uh, Kogi's probably a starter, but. No, okay. he's not. So and what? You, so you're going to start D'Angelo? I'm starting McDaniels over Kogi, but that's not the point. Okay. The point is, it, it was Russell Westbrook who said Pat Bev is like a fake good defender, right? He's not entirely wrong. Um, wow. Shots fired. Look, I agree that Minnesota probably needs a third team because I just don't know what package they have unless they're going to dump all their picks in Philly, um, which they could do. If they want Ben bad enough, there's a way to get it done because Ben's I mean, price range. They, they, could do, they could do uh, Russ, uh, James Harden-level picks picks uh, trade. and then Well, it's not even going to take that because Ben's not Harden, and no matter how – much Daryl postures there he's just not going to get that like Minnesota he could, could, they could send three first round picks and maybe two pick swaps I yeah think that, yeah I think that that's a good starting point I think that's enough picks wise but I honestly think they're gonna have to trade Russell to a third to get the players back because I mean obviously we would would want McDaniels but outside of McDaniels I don't know who would want D'Lo and what you could get back for D'Lo I mean I I think they're probably trying to put Ben with D'Lo and Edwards. That seems like what they're trying to do. Well, then you're going to have to trade Beasley for other assets, and Beasley's not going to get you what you want. Yeah, I mean, Beasley averages like 20 a night, and he could play for Philly and make a pretty big So, so, so are you saying that you would be okay with a deal of Beasley, McDaniels, plus uh, maybe Beverly, and then plus three first-round picks and two pick swaps? Yeah, like that's getting somewhere. I think that's a pretty – that might be more than Philly can get from anyone else at this point. Um, you think so? I'd take that over Wiggins and Kaminga in picks, probably. Well, depending I... on how many picks, obviously, but like that's a pretty good package. Uh, I don't know. I mean, can I get like Kaminga, Jordan Poole, and Wiggins? And I don't know. I kind of like that more. Plus picks. It's Wiggins. I'd take Beasley over Wiggins. Twenty-eight days a week. I don't know, Uriah. You want to be the tiebreaker here? Did he just say twenty-eight days a week? Yes. Uh, uh, you mean twenty days, eight? Twenty-eight days, days of, a year? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I don't really like Wiggins. I think I have to agree with Chris. I take Beasley. Mm, okay. Well. Anyway, let's get to our last point here. So after seeing another Ben Simmons workout video, because, you know, he's releasing them all the time now, or Chris Johnson is, 
What do we make of Ben Sim- Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons playing alongside each other this offseason? Does it work? Do you think it could work in the regular season? What are your thoughts, Chris? Uh, you know what? I honestly kind of respect Ben for not – like. it takes some guts to post that shit at this point. Oh, <laughs> Excuse me. Bleep him, Uriah. Bleep him. I apologize. I'll try. Bleep him. Uh, <laughs> Bleep him. Damn, like, Ben's, takes, Ben's got him cussing out here. <laughs> some, That's funny. It takes some real cojones. Yeah. Yeah. To post videos of him doing that stuff at this point. Um, so, really, I'm not even mad at it. I mean, I think we're all past the point as a collective Philadelphia fandom of actually believing anything will come of it. So, once you get to that point, like, who cares? Who cares? It's just kind of funny, you know? It is what it is. Um, as for Tyrese, you know, um, I I could it work in the regular season? Yeah, like Ben needs another ball handler next to him. I Maxi's shot seems to be improving a pretty decent amount. Could it work in the sense that Ben doesn't want to be in Philly? No, but like on paper, Ben's still a really good player. Like that'd be a fine duo. But yeah, I I I'm pretty in on the maxi hype train at this point i think his workout videos are much more intriguing than ben's but yeah (laughs) that's where i'm at he makes a lot more jump shots i think he might be under a spell i'm surprised that does he have you seen those videos i mean ben's ben's jumper looks good uriah I, mean, I don't know. I just think I don't know. After I've the seen way more the... Ben jumpers this off season than I've. Are seen we sure? Season. Are we sure this is the same Ben Simmons? Maybe he has a twin called like. He looks so good. I mean, <laughs> LeBron two baby. <laughs> See, I feel like Chris. I feel, I feel like Chris is just being sarcastic. Uh, at this the league point. is not ready. <laughs> yeah. That, yep. This is Chris being overhyped. Uh, what I was trying this. to say is, I think for Maxi to be playing out there with him with so much negative attention and press surrounding Ben. He's on the floor with him, practicing with him. And I, I guess maybe I guess when you're a rookie and you don't know any better and you've never been in that situation where you lose to a, a number of what, six seed or whatever Atlanta was, and then you get trounced. I guess like I don't know. I, I wouldn't expect him to be they out there. They didn't get with trounced. They lost at the wire in game seven. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, like they have the same trainer. It, it's oh yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I forgot that. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. I'll say this. I've been on the hype train of Maxi and Ben Simmons playing together since like the middle or the end of last regular season. I've been on that. I think that should happen. I've been saying that Maxi should be a starter, regardless if Ben's there or not. Because I, I think having another ball handler like Maxi allows Ben to play more of a forward role. I think Ben's best served as a forward, not a point guard, even though I had him in my point guard rankings because I don't think Doc's bold enough to put Maxi in the starting five yet. Not at least to begin the season. So, yeah, I think it could work. I've I've been thinking for a while it could work. I mean, we thought last, uh, not this past season, but the season before that Shake Milton could be that guy. And when Shake was making shots, yeah, it made sense. That's why Brett Brown tried to play Milton at the point and Ben at the power forward before Ben's injury. And a hot take here. I, I think if he makes it like two, three-pointers a game for like the first 10 games, I'm not going to say all is forgiven, but I think it'll be <laughs> like, I, I don't think it'll be as bad. He won't I even don't be here. Man. What are you talking about? Man. He's not going to be here to make two, three-pointers a game. I'm just saying, if he is, That's a big and if, if he does that, That's a big if, buddy. 
I know, I know the the I and the F are just so big, but <laughs> if, if it happens, it happens, and I think that there's there's a slim chance because I think you know, oh, he's shooting now. Hey, this might act because people are going to talk themselves into it because, like Chris says, we're Sixers fans. We can talk ourselves into anything. Okay, we're going to talk about free agency a little tidbit. Um, that is related to the Sixers, reported by Bleacher Report's Jake Fisher, who's been pretty darn plugged into the team this offseason, um, is that Paul Millsap is on the Sixers' radar. It doesn't seem like they are the favorites to sign him. It seems like Golden State is kind of at the front of that line right now. But he's on. the Sixers were mentioned in connection to him. They technically haven't signed Charles Bassey to that 15th roster spot yet. So I guess there's an open spot, hypothetically, though I don't know what's going to happen with Bassey if they would sign Millsap. But he's been mentioned. Millsap is obviously a former All-Star. He's also 36 years old. What do you think about that, Lucas? Do you think that would be a good move? Yeah, I I think it's a lot better than signing Charles Bassey, who's an unproven rookie who probably will be in the G League most of the season, if not all the season. I'd rather – this team is really young, only Danny Green and Seth Curry are over 30. And only Ben Simmons, actually only Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, and George's Niang are over the age of 25. This team's too young. They need to have more veterans. That's why I think Paul Milsa makes a lot of sense as that 15th roster guy. He's an option at small ball four. You know, he's not he's not super quick, but he's quicker than Drummond and he can stretch the floor slightly better, you know, maybe inconsistent at times, but when he hits it, he hits it. And I mean, I, it just makes sense to me. I, I think he's a much better fit. And I've said this before. I think they should, I know he's an American player, but draft and stash him, stash him in the G league, stash him overseas. Charles Bassey's not ready to contribute. And he's honestly, he should have been on a two way roster spot, not, not an NBA contract. And so that's, that's why I think it would be better for Paul Millsap to take that last roster spot than, than Charles Bassey. I, I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know if I would just like, I don't know what they would do with Bassey. I don't feel like you can just stash him in the G league at this point. I don't know if that's on the table. Um, and there's no one else on the roster who I'd really be itching to cut for Millsap. I think he can still play in the NBA. Like, he's he's a player, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you're Philly, you have Andre Drummond. You have Georges Niang, who's a much better fit at power forward for what the Sixers need. Uh, not, like, unironically, I'd play Paul Reed before I played Paul Millsap if I had to pick between the two Pauls. And, again, he is 36. Like, he played for mm-hmm. Denver last season. He was a starter up until the Aaron Gordon trade. He's a good player, but I, I don't know if Philly is really going to play him a lot. So in, in that sense, is it really worth having him around on the bench instead of, you know, getting Bassey some, some time to play behind Joel and them? Like I, I just, I don't, Chris, this, seems too, this team's too young. We need veterans. Okay, but what does Paul Millsap sitting on the bench all season change about that? Does it like, like they had Anthony Tolliver last off season. It didn't do anything. Okay, but are you like you know for a fact, Paul? That's a bad example because you know well, Paul Millsap is never a, gonna play. Millsap I mean, Paul Millsap's probably when... gonna play over. Not saying that he should, but you know, Doc Rivers would pay play Paul Millsap over Paul Reed. And honestly, based off of his track record, Millsap he might would even... probably 
play when Joel like sits or gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But is is him being the third string center gonna change the dynamic of the team enough to be like we're just not gonna have Bassey, who's a pretty interesting prospect, fifty third pick or not? Like like is that really worth it? Does that change their title odds at all? I I just don't like the youth of I I mean I like the youth, but I I don't teams this young you don't usually win a championship. Probably. I don't know. You're right. Do you think we should the the Sixers should have more veterans on this team, or do you think a guy like Bassey should get a chance to develop? Well, I think they had pretty good success bringing in more veterans last year. I think it stabilizes the team, considering Joel and, and Ben Simmons were not of mature age to you know to to I guess be leaders i guess for lack of and maybe joel's there but ben's not clearly yeah i think joel's there but i i kind of like i kind of like a young squad to be honest and we already have enough veterans between danny and uh seth Seth. yeah yeah that's two out of 15 you replaced dwight with drummond but there you go you brought in niang who's a veteran like uh he's going into what his fifth season yeah, he's not. He's not like super seasoned or anything. Suns had like two veterans. They made it to the finals. You don't need a bunch of old guys. Ah, did they win really the finals? Example. But did they win? No, they Giannis. Won. But Giannis with his veterans won. Because Giannis mm. is the second best player on planet Earth. I mean, that just happens. Question: Who's the first best player, Chris? Kevin Durant. KD. So you think LeBron's number three now? I don't know. The Lakers aren't going to win the title. Whatever. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyway. No. My, okay. So let's. Every team is different. Chemistry for every team is different. When they trade Ben for Dame, he's 31. It's all good. You don't need a bunch of old guys. Danny and Seth are plenty. Anthony uh, Tolliver. <laughs> what? God that was a bad. That was a bad move. I, I'm not going to move the needle enough as a leader to get them over Atlanta. So I don't think Paul Millsap is going to do so much more than Anthony Tolliver in the locker room, even if he plays more minutes than Tolliver did. I don't think he's good enough as a player, and I don't think he's significant enough as a veteran leader to really move the needle in a way that would make him better than just developing Bassey well, for a year. But, Chris, isn't there another veteran that we, we need to talk about, though, besides Paul Millsap? <sighs> yes. Not really, but... Yes, yes. Um, J.J. Redick is still on the market. He said he's not going to come into a team until after training camp, maybe even after the season starts. Do we think the Sixers should bring back Redick for extra bench shooting? Yes! Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, I've written about this. Redick has great chemistry with Joel and Ben. He actually, he, I think he was part of the reason that they worked so well. Oh God, for, not for JJ. Yes, no. for JJ, and like he did have his best end of his career with the Sixers, and I think that's no small feat because he had Ben Simmons passing him the ball and Joel Embiid's dribble handoff. I mean, that was one of the most unbeatable, uh, unguardable plays in basketball for two seasons. Was that dribble handoff with Joel Embiid and J.J. Redick? Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Redick would be closer to home, his home, Brooklyn, of course. 
And I mean, I think that he would supplant Corkmaz in the rotation at this point too. And I, I would trust JJ more than Corkmaz. Whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big no for me. Look, JJ kind of sucked the past two years. No, he only sucked this past year, and that's because he mentally, mm-hmm. I think he checked out because he wasn't near his family yeah, because of COVID. Fair. But he's super old and small. And I would not play him over Frickon. And there's not really anyone else on the roster that I would play him over. Like, I, I just don't think he has enough of it anymore to be a guy you're playing a lot of minutes in the playoffs. And I'd rather stick with like Furcon and give Isaiah Joe a chance than waste minutes on 37 year old JJ Reddick or however old he is. Um, I like JJ quite a bit. I, I think he's a cool guy and I really enjoyed having him around the team uh, when he was here, but there, I guess I don't need to ask who would he replace on the roster? Cause you just say Bassey, but yes, I would say Bassey again. There's no or, or, or Chris, Chris, here's an idea. Here's an idea, and I know you get behind it. Trade, trade Shake Milton for a second-round pick. Shake is better. I'd play Shake over JJ. Whoa! Every day of the week. And you guys know I'm not a Shake Milton guy. So that's Whoa, what are, what, right what, what are you... Okay, no, explain yourself because you despise Shake right now. Because Shake is young and can sort of dribble and shoot, and JJ is old. Who can sort of dribble and shoot a lot better. Yeah, he creates a lot old. of gravity. He creates a lot of space out there. Just with his name alone, Chris. Just with his name alone. I get it. I really do. I just don't know if he's like even an NBA player at this point. And I'd wow. Rather, I'd rather give the young guys a chance to prove themselves. Because Lord knows Doc would give JJ a chance to prove himself. But Well, they do have history back on the Clippers, I you know. know. I'd much rather it be Isaiah Joe that gets that chance. Um, probably, we might talk about that later. Well, Uriah, would you play JJ over Corkmas? JJ over Corkmas? No way. Really? Thank you. No way. Yeah, no way. Corkmas can do a lot more. He can put the ball on the floor. Uh, He's younger. He's taller. He's stronger. He's faster. Not better. I just, I just think having him on the bench for insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you know one of our shooters go down, just like uh, Danny Green went down against Atlanta, we could have hey. someone like JJ. Hey, if you think you're getting Breach. the same JJ as three years ago? Then obviously you want him on the team, but I just don't think that's the case. I, I think he'll be a lot happier and play a lot better on a team that's doing something in that selfie. I say let him go even closer to home and play for Brooklyn, and just blasphemer. Please let him go to Brooklyn. I don't think that helps them. So. Let's talk about Nerlens Noel, former lottery pick of the well, technically the Pelicans and the Sixers traded Drew Holiday for him in the 2013 draft. Uh, was supposed to be the face of the franchise. Never really got that chance because as soon as he got healthy, uh, Joel Embiid was was pretty much the face of the franchise. Pretty good defensive player. Never really found a starting job. Um, always had injury issues, and now is a pretty quality backup center for most teams like the new york knicks but apparently he is now suing his former agent and actually interesting fact ben simmons current agent rich paul and clutch sports claiming that he lost 58 million dollars in potential salary from 2017 to 2020 so 
what do we think about this lawsuit, guys? Do you think uh, what does it say about Noel, his relationship with the Sixers, and uh, obviously Rich Paul, and you know that potential relationship with the Sixers as well? Well, I mean, we were talking about this a bit before the pod, and Uriah said it pretty well. Like, there's two sides to every story. That said, um, the claims that Nerland's made seem pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, it's not a good look for Rich Paul. Um, we know that Rich Paul has some other business interests that probably exceed that of Nerland's Noel around the league. Um, is it possible that he maybe favors certain clients over others? Sure. Um, if what Nerland's alleges is true, that he was basically screwed him out of $58 million, then good. I hope Nerlens gets that money. Um, I, 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 I'm not a lawyer and I haven't read the case files, so I, I don't have much more to add beyond that. I don't know Rich Paul's side of the story, for example, but it seems pretty bad. And, you know, business in general is full of people who will screw other people over. It happens. So it, it's not a great look for Rich Paul and Clutch if it's true. And we'll see what happens from here. But wasn't he the guy who turned down an offer from, I think it was Dallas. Two it was years, Dallas. Four years, 88 million, something like that. So, Didn't so, so back, but, but, but let me, let me give you some backstory on okay. that. All right. So, pri- so that deal was negotiated by Nerland's former agent. And Nerland's met Rich Paul at a party, supposedly. Oh. And Rich Paul convinced Nerland's to join him. And then Rich Paul told him to, decline that offer and bet on himself. And then that next season, he had the whole entire hand injury. So there, there's that. So take that as you will. I, I think at the end of the day here, in terms of turning down that contract, Rich Paul didn't force Noel to do that. That was his choice. Uh, now, if Rich Paul, you know, actively, you know, stopped other teams from trying to talk to Noel and try to funnel him to a particular team, then that is negligence, and that's not good part of business ship. But regardless of the outcome, whether, whether or not Rich Paul ends up having to pay him or not, this is really bad press for Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, who Rich Paul has had a pretty good name in this business up to this point. But now, I think it is, this will really damage his, his uh, reputation with the players. And I think some of the, you know, players that aren't quite as big time as LeBron James or Ben Simmons or guys like that might switch agencies elsewhere. Um, In regards to the Sixers and Rich Paul, I mean, this kind of shows that maybe Rich Paul has never really liked the Sixers. If he did stop Noel from trying to go back to them for one reason or another. So, I mean that that would explain this whole entire ongoing that that might help explain this ongoing saga with Ben Simmons, Rich Paul, and the Sixers in that regard as well. And I believe it is time for Uriah's social media question of the week. So Uriah, go ahead and take it away, bud. Absolutely. The last poll question we had was about Paul Reed. We're going to stick with the young guys, and this week's question was: Should Isaiah Joe get more minutes? this season and as of right now it looks like 85 percent of the people who answered this poll question said yes give that man some minutes let's look at some specific answers we have franklin poguero he said but with rivers as head coach i don't think so 
Uh, Steve Mussolino uh, kind of agrees. He says the coach will never do it. KT said too inconsistent of a shooter. But then Manuel Rojas, he said, I get he's promising, but we're trying to win now. So, Lucas, let's go to you. What do you think? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, I guess it just depends on how much of, of much a defender he he can become this year. Because right now, I, I would say he's probably close to Korkmaz in terms of being a volume shooter and being able to get hot based off of what we've seen so oh. far in the summer league. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's early to say, but I would say close. he's probably close to that. Okay. If not if not on the same level, it's defensively. Because Korkmaz kind of proved himself a little bit in the playoffs. He wasn't unplayable in the postseason on the defensive end. So Doc Rivers is going to respect that. And respect the fact that he's a more veteran player. Um, but if Corkmon struggles on either end of the ball, you know, that's gonna open up the um playing time for Joe. And honestly, and I've said this, I wrote this about three p- players that could potentially uh, be on the trade block. If a, a team comes sniffing around for Corkmaz and they offer a pretty good deal for Corkmaz, you could him and you know just insert joe into the into his rotation spot i think you can take that risk so yeah i think he he i I don't know if he will but i think he he could he he has the potential to earn that type of playing time yes you know what would prevent him from earning that type of playing time lucas is are you gonna say b-ball paul jj reddick oh my gosh (laughs) Anyway, we're talking um, actual factuals right now, not hypotheticals. I was going to say that doesn't make sense, B-Ball Paul. They don't even play the same position. Well, I mean, well, you know, well, Chris and B-Ball yeah. Paul. If you're creative enough. If you have the imagination. <laughs> yeah. if you, um, I mean, if you have stretch four Korkmaz, I mean, yeah, anything things possible. Look, I <laughs> saying Isaiah Joe deserves more minutes does not mean he has to replace Furkan in the rotation doesn't mean that he has to even break like the top 10 guy like you could just give him more opportunities here and there because he didn't get very many last season aside from the few games where the Sixers got COVID like like Doc is traditionally not very good at experimenting with different groups and giving different players a lot of chances um but he, he could do that like Joe could be the 11th or 12th guy and still get a fair amount of minutes here and there um I think he should. I think he's a much better shooter than Furkan. I don't know much better, but he's a better shooter. And he's a better defender, I think. So he's certainly on the level of where he could eclipse Furkan pretty quickly if he gets the reps and he looks good doing it. Um, Not to take a ton away from Summer League, but he pulled off some pretty impressive stuff aside from shooting defense in Summer League that opened a lot of eyes. Playmaking. Um, yeah, like I, I would not put him over Frick on, on day one, but it's a conversation that should at least be had, and they need to look at their options. Well, let me, let me ask you this, Chris, because I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I could totally see if something happens to Korkma's injury or something, I can see Doc turning to Milton before he turns to Joe. Do you think that's A thousand percent. Like, that's exactly what will happen. Okay. Um, whether it's sure or not. Um but yeah, look, I I pretty much agree with what Steve and Rivers said about Doc just not probably not giving him the chance. Is that seems like the easy answer for a lot of these things. Ah, uh, uh, 
Yeah, I think Isaiah Joe's really good. I had him I had him in the first round before draft night a couple years ago. I did a redraft the other week. Still had him in the first round. I think he's a real NBA player. Man, guys who can shoot as well as he can on the volume he can. He averaged like 10 threes per 36 minutes last year. He shot over 10 threes a game in Arkansas. Like the dude is just like a true gunslinger. And guys who shoot that well on that high volume are, are pretty rare. Um, I have another stat to uh, kind of boost what you're you're trying to lay out, Chris. So I'm looking at this synergy analytics chart, summer leagues, off ball shooters. So it says uh, players who shot more than 25 jump shots during summer league, either spotting up or running around an off ball screen. Uh, a lot of names here, a lot of red. Red uh, represents spot up jump shots. Uh, black represents off ball screens. Isaiah Joe was the only player to mix it up half and half. So he was effective spotting up and he was also effective coming off ball screens. Uh, so I think having that ability to score definitely gives him maybe a, a little bit more edge over cork mods. Cause I don't, I don't remember him coming off screens and just, just raising up. He's, he's not really a screen. If he uses a screen, he's going inside the arc. He's not really right. a, right. He's a good yeah. spot up shooter. I'll get yeah. cork that, but uh, and he can dribble him. into a shot too. He cork Mods can dribble into a shot as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a little bit more like diversity to cork Mods's game overall. I think he can probably do a little bit more, but, He's a, little, he's a little bit more of a three-level score, whereas yeah. Joe's more of a, you know, three-point score, which isn't a bad thing either way. It's just depending yeah. on what you want. Look, Joe is probably the second best shooter on the team. Like, yeah, he's that good, mm-hmm. and he's as far as we've seen in the NBA, which granted is not much, and as far as we've seen in summer league, he's a pretty dang good team defender. Like he holds his own, and he's in the right spots, and he plays hard. Mm-hmm. Like, which is not really what we expected out of Arkansas. The whole narrative with him out of Arkansas was he's too skinny. He's not really a great defender. He probably can't hang on that end. He hung on that end as a rookie, which was more than more than anyone, even I, who had him in the first round on my board. That's more than I expected. Plus so like, I, I think he's a legit player, and I think he could be better than Furkan. Plus, like, hold on. Plus, like Lucas said, I do remember specifically he made some nice passes in half court and in transition. So, he's... well, Korkmaz is a not is an underrated passer too. It's not like Korkmaz can't shoot. Hey, you can play both of them. You could, you could, but then you're gonna have to bench Thibel, and I know your eyes never gonna let that oh, happen. Don't even no. bring that up. That's that's how you I should bend down. Or you, you can, can bench Yang. I, I I think Niang's probably better right now, but ooh, that's that's an idea. There's a timeline where you stretch Niang. There's a timeline where Ben gets traded and Thibault starts, or someone else gets moved and spots open up. Like there's there's a timeline where you can play Furkan and Joe together. They're big enough to do it. And having two good off-ball shooters next to Joel is generally the way to go. It's why Danny and Seth were so good last season. I, I think Joe's legit. I think he should at least get the chance. I Again, you don't have to play him in the playoffs just because you play him in the regular season. You don't have to like make him the sixth man just to give him an opportunity. You can give him more minutes and opportunities without committing to him. And I, I think Doc should at least do that. Um, 
to see what we have at least. Because again, I I think Joe's pretty pretty good, you know. Well, let me let me ask you this because, I mean, I'm not quite one quite to write off Shake Milton as quick as you are. I think maybe he just had a bad season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I I could see Doc giving him another shot to begin the year just because you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, me too. I know you don't agree. You're right. What do you What do you think? Do you think Milton just had a bad year, or do you think that he's not as good as we thought he was? I think he had a, a like I said. I think he had a bad year in that. Yeah, he was streaky a little bit in the beginning. He he was obviously playing a lot better. They were talking about him maybe six man of the year, but once they brought in uh, George Hill, yeah, once they brought in George Hill, he heard those footsteps. No, you think that. Did I not say that, Uriah? Did I say that it might be hard for Milton to adjust to playing next to... Yeah. I did yeah. say that, didn't exactly. I? Exactly. Exactly. And plus, you got to consider Milton is still playing on his rookie contract. So well, well no, 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 no. He doesn't have a rookie contract. He was signed to a two-way, and this contract is his first regular contract, and right. it was just and a four-year I think he's making less deal. than two million a year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's so he's less not than only two is he million. thinking about his minutes mm-hmm. in terms of playing, and and you know he already had a really great ascension at the end of the the season a few years ago. So he's thinking, I'm on my way up. And then they bring in this veteran here who's making ten million mm-hmm. a year, and you know I don't have time, I don't have an opportunity to prove myself mm-hmm. to get another contract. And, and you know what? He might have just been overwhelmed with the, the amount of responsibility, too, because, I mean, Doc Rivers basically anointed him like the next Jamal Crawford, Lou William type of player. And, I mean, he was in the G League, you know, just two okay. seasons ago. So the maybe the worst thing that happened to Philly last year or the year, the worst thing that happened to Philly in the playoffs was the fact that Shake dropped 39 on the Clippers the year before in, in front of Doc. That was really what screwed the Sixers. <laughs> The fact that Shake did that, Doc clearly hung very tightly to that game in his mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, guys, what is Shake Milton good at? What does Shake Milton do at an above-average level? Well, was shoot. Shoot. He can maybe. create his. He can create his own shot. He can shoot the three. Can he? Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. From from Absolutely. the uh, from the high post, he can. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he can do a little bit of that high post pick and roll type thing where he can pull up from the top okay. of the key. He can hit pull up jumpers. That's yeah. not necessarily like coming around the screen and pulling up is not creating your own shot. I mean, kind of. Okay. I'm, like in isolation, Shake gets swallowed up by just about everyone. At least last year, that was the case. Like, I mean, we knew that he wasn't quick twitch athlete, and that yeah, was, the, and that, and that's the that's difference between, yeah. And, and I mean, everybody has their weakness, Chris. I mean, when you're not a only the only quick twitch, there's only two quick twitch athletes on the Sixers: Ben Simmons, who refuses to shoot, and then Tyrese Maxey, who is getting there, but he's still young. Okay, but but my point is this, Chris, is that I think it was, I think might it might have been more than mental because if you look at his shooting percentages and regular season they were starting to look more like he did during his second season when he was on fire yes logically shake milton is a pretty great value for his contract and they probably should give him an opportunity too i i get it i i'm not i don't want to just write him off entirely but frankly if he's not hitting threes and hitting those tough contested jumpers at a really high level He's just not good in anything else. He's not a great playmaker. 
He doesn't have the athleticism to get by guys and to really create his own shot in isolation at a high level. But let's like, let's think about like this, Chris. Let, let's think about it like this, Chris. What other values did Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford have besides their scoring? They They're didn't. Elite shot makers. They're better. But 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 but, but 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 what I'm saying is, prior to this season, and like I said, I think maybe it was pressure. Maybe you know, COVID was messing. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm I would be willing to give him another shot to begin sure. the year, but Lucas, give him a short lease. Lucas, give him a short I'm lease. Enough, yeah. I'm old yeah. enough to remember Chris when Lou Williams stunk. He was not he barely got minutes his first few years in Philadelphia. And then he started bouncing around the league. He didn't really blossom and become a real NBA player until maybe his fifth or sixth season. So Shake is still young. You gotta give him some room to grow. Yeah, give AB's twenty five four. He's only what twenty three, twenty four years old. I mean, give him a short leash, but yeah. at least give him something to work with. You know what I mean? That's fine. I agree with that. But on principle, Lou Williams is a much more like slippery ball handler slash score. Like uh, agreed, Williams. agreed, agreed. And that's why I think that that's where I think Doc Rivers messed up because I don't think he realized that maybe. I, I just don't think he's quite ready for that role. Maybe he can mature into that role, he's but it's not, not that. He's a and, totally different and, and, and I And I, I, I would probably have him as my 11th man entering the regular season. Yeah, that's fine. But, but, but you that. know, he should be the first guy. If somebody goes down with injury, he's the first guy you bring in. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, but we're totally on to- off topic because we were supposed yeah, to be talking about Isaac. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Chris, Chris, can you play us out? I can. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. He's so dramatic. He sounds, Look, he sounds upset. <laughs> um, to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode the of Shake the Milton Fitness. podcast. God. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for another. Sorry, oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for tuning in as always you can like subscribe leave a comment do all that stuff it would really help us out you can follow along um, on apple Podcasts, spotify audible google play or at our website the you can follow us on twitter at six your sense or you can respond to some of these social media questions of the week answer our poll questions etc etc read our work as well and until next week when we have a pretty exciting guest that I'm not going to spoil we will we will see you then thanks everyone at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.